So, let's get on with our questions. Our topic today is the future of irrigation. Our speaker is Ron Renwick, and I ask him to come back to the podium. Hi, Ron. My name's Cheryl Bradley, and uh, Ron, I appreciate your presentation. There was some interesting information in there, and I learned some things. It wasn't clear, though, to me whether you favor water markets or not. I'm, um, I would, uh, you know, the, the should water go to the highest bidder implies to me um, market or trading of water allocations and s- selling. And we all know that that was enabled in the early 2000s, and now we have a system in Alberta where an irrigation district could sell some of its allocation to someone else who needs it. And this was enabled because we had to close our basins because we had no more water to give from our rivers. They were being stressed, plus we needed to meet our uh, commitments to Saskatchewan. So we do have a water market. And are, are you advocating that irrigation districts do not participate in that market, that they not give up their allocation and to those, to others who may need it, or to the environment, I, I just like some clarification on that. Uh, I, I think I understand the question, but the reason that won't happen is because the licenses that have been issued have the purpose defined, and it's for irrigation. So that's a legal uh, document. Now anything can be changed, but. The only water market that exists is when irrigators trade among themselves or sell the allocations back and forth. Can I, can I just raise a supplementary? But, but did not the Western Irrigation District sell part of its allocation to a, a large mall near Airdrie? I mean, there is an opportunity. And, and the town of Okotoks has just purchased an allocation from a a user who didn't need it upstream of that, of that uh, town. So, so there is a water market. I mean, p- people are trading allocations. I think there's been maybe three dozen in the last five years or so. But I, are you not in favor of that? Where, where, where someone needs water, does not have enough, be it a municipality, a, a business, um, how do they get water when we're not giving out any new allocations? Well, I'm not very familiar with other irrigation districts, but I think what they did there, they, they had to have a plebiscite. So if the farmers want to vote for it, I guess so be it. In southern Alberta, what we did, we, we amended the license to provide 12,000 acre feet for other use. We call it, and that's for industry or recreation or wildlife, whatever somebody would be wanting to come in and apply for that water and pay for it and and use it. Now, when I left, there was precious little demand for that volume of water. So the market, the the, the demand for that sort of water in southern Alberta really doesn't exist in this area. It may around big cities, 
uh, so the only thing I could comment on that is, yeah, that water is for sale, and it's fixed according to what irrigation farmers are paying for their water when they sell back and forth among themselves. So there is a water market that way, but that's the only thing I'm aware of in in the St. Mary River Irrigation District. And it's different around, it's a bit different around Calgary where you got big cities and more pressure. So we're lucky here. We've got a good system, we've got lots of water, and it's well managed. So if we had a million people in Lethbridge, I probably wouldn't be saying these things. But in this area with 85,000 people in Lethbridge and southern Alberta pretty sparsely populated, we just haven't seen the demand for other use water for anything. The industry hasn't come in to, to request it or developers haven't requested it or recreation hasn't requested it. So um, we're not having to face that issue here. My name is Henning Mundell. <clears throat> I have a quick query uh, comment and then a direct question. The quick query comment relates, sitting back there, I'm trying to guess what some of the charts were, but I think you gave us a chart which uh, related to the high-value crops and their production, or their, uh, and you showed from 2000 and went down 2001, 2, and then really dropped 2003. Um, and uh, I just want to suggest, we, you've talked about it, and it's been mentioned how 2002 was sort of the culmination of this strong this drought that we've had, where, but 2000. Two, no, 2001 was the combination of that drought. 2002, though, especially in connection to some of the special crops, and uh, one I'm most intimately familiar with is beans, late August frost, really. Two years in a row, then, a lot of farmers really got sort of, pardon the reverse uh, sort of paradoxical expression, got their fingers burned. And so acreage has really dropped uh, by 2003. My specific question is, you gave us the percentage of um, piped uh, water. No, efficiency or piped? Uh, no, 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 kilometers, kilometers and pipe. 821, I think, if I remember correctly. Is, are the remaining major uh, ditches, canals in the district going to be piped in the near future, or are they all piped already? Uh, no, they're not all piped, and, and of course the, the larger ones can't be. It's just too expensive. Um, the kind of the criteria we use, and I know this doesn't mean much, but the, the it's restricted by flow, and the flow volume is about 70 cubic feet per second. That's quite a big pipeline, like four feet in diameter. So that's kind of the break point where you can't make that work anymore. But there's still lots of opportunity. I shouldn't say lots, but there's still quite a bit of rehabilitation taking place in the district, and... Uh, we'll make some more gains from those and, and install, oh, you know, probably another couple hundred kilometers of pipeline. There's there's a ways to go yet before it's complete. Yes, hello. Uh, my name is Lois Frank. I'm from the Blood Reserve, uh, and I was I have a, a question and a comment. Um, the Blood Reserve, just uh, the Chief and Council just recently leased out over 300 sections of land for oil and gas exploration to Bowood and Murphy Oil. 
And I'm wondering if uh, the district was consulted in this because the community has <coughs> was not consulted. They have not done a thorough environmental assessment of this. And so uh, I'm concerned when you say um, that the water that goes to the, might go to the highest bidder. Well, with that many uh, sections of land, the uh, concern that the people have is environmental with the fracking or hydraulic fracturing. How much water is re required and what kind of chemicals are going into the ground, into the aquifers, that if you uh, view uh, films like Gasland and things like that, you, you see the effects of this. And I'm just wondering, nobody seems to have much knowledge of what's going on out there, and the people are very, most of the people, you know, don't know anything about it, and it's very technical. Um, will the irrigation district be selling water to these oil companies to do this type of environmental uh, damage to our community, which also affects people off the reserve because of these underground water systems. Well, thank you for your question, and uh, you're well-spoken and, and quite admirable with your, your speech, so th I compliment you on that. But um, our irrigation district pretty much stops at Lethbridge, and it extends eastward to Medicine Hat. So they won't be buying water from St. Mary River Irrigation District. And as I said, when we amended that license, even if they could, uh, that was one restriction that was put on it. Uh, the water cannot be used for deep water injection. So all I, I, all I can answer to your question is it won't happen in SMRID but that's not what you're looking for. You're outside the district, so uh, I don't have the answer. That, that sounds like it might be a pretty good topic for uh, another SACPA session. My name is Lauren Fitch. Hi, Ron. Thank you for taking the veil look aside from the irrigation business. Uh, your uh, point about there being little or no demand for water outside of irrigation water in the south. Um, I, I, I find a little problem with that because we've had a demand for the environment. And in fact, many reaches of our rivers are less than biologically healthy because of uh, diversions uh, upstream. Can you suggest, based on the, the context of the presentation that you've given, how we might achieve better ecological health in our rivers by getting more water back into them? Uh, thank you, Lauren. And uh, I guess the best thing that can happen is we all work together on this. And right now, irrigation districts and farmers are the best friend you've got because the best job that they do, the better job they do, means the less water that has to be diverted, there's that word again, from the rivers. So when an irrigation district diverts water for the farmer, it only diverts what is absolutely necessary. So the better job we can do, the more water just naturally stays in the river. And that's about the only thing that's, that's happening right now. So the rehabilitation program, the on-farm management, is actually reducing water consumption and putting more back in the rivers. But 
uh, I don't believe there's any other programs to put it back. It just happens. Um, Len Ring, and if, if you don't mind, I just wanted to make a clarification to a comment that was made earlier that, I, that I've often heard and I think gives people the wrong impression. Uh, and quite frankly, I think sometimes it's done on purpose and sometimes by accident to raise public ire. The Western Irrigation did transfer, a, well, uh, one of the larger transfers of water, but not to a golf course, or not to a mall, not to a casino, not to a racetrack. The transfer was between the Western Irrigation District and the MD of Rocky View, now Rocky View County. So it was a transfer from one type of local entity to another. It wasn't to the mall or a, or a track, horse track. Um, hi, Debbie Gregorash. Um, I seem to notice that when the efficiency increases, um, water doesn't go back to the rivers. Uh, it, the irrigation acreage increases, right? You just allow for more irrigation rather than put all that efficiency back into the river. Is that true? Um, no, it's not true. The uh, irrigation district area was capped in 1991. So the irrigation district can't apply. So what, you're, what you might be seeing where there's more irrigation, and, and it's true, the odd pivot does appear, but what that is resulting from is farmers buying unused acreage from other irrigation farmers and assembling enough to install a pivot. So that's probably where you see the extra. Other than that, there's no mechanism to expand the... Well, there's a mechanism, but the, there's no increase in expansion of the irrigation area. When the, just out of curiosity, when the water reaches Medicine Hat, um, where does it go from there? Back into the river? Yes, it's into called... Into river? It's called return flow. Uh-huh. Is there, is there a lot of that? or There was in, in years gone by, and uh, it resulted from sort of a poor irrigation system, and then in the irrigation districts, poor water control structures, poor everything. And when farmers use a, a flood method of irrigation, they naturally run a lot of water off their farmland, that is not always recaptured. That flows into the district channels, and then it would flow into the rivers through the return flow channels. Now, that's one area that we've been able to make big gains because we, we have a lot of pipelines. Plus, as I mentioned, Ken Craig and his firm did a tremendous amount of work on improving water control structures. So the whole thing is much better managed than it used to be. And, you know, policies in the district, farmers have to order water. You don't just go and grab the stuff out of a pipeline or a, yeah. a ditch. So we force them to order it, and then we can manage it. So we're able to greatly reduce those return flows. And, again, if you keep the return flows down, you don't divert as much water at the headworks or upstream nearer the mountains. So everybody's better off. Gerald Wobick. I come from the Barrens area, 
which is Lethbridge Northern, and they increased, they put in a $10,500 irrigation area out there. And the story we've been told is that this water came from efficiencies from other areas. It did not go back into the rivers. It went to expand the irrigation district. Now, I can't prove that right or wrong, but that is the story at Barron's, and the story is also that they're going to increase acreages out there from the same efficiencies in other areas, not put it back in the river. Thank you. And that could well be there. Uh, I'm only speaking of St. Mary River Irrigation District. And I won't say that can't happen in the St. Mary River Irrigation District. There's a legal mechanism to allow that to happen. It requires a plebiscite from all the irrigators. So right now the answer is it's not happening, but it could happen. And I don't know about other irrigation districts. I, I will only get everybody in trouble and myself most of all if I misinform anybody or misspeak about other irrigation districts. Hi, my name is uh, Knut Peterson. I'd like to ask you, Ron, about the IRCAN Corporation. Uh, where does the uh, profit go? And uh, is there any other opportunities to generate power through the system? Well, so far there's been no profit. So <laughs> we're having a heck of a... Well, when I was there... Those things are hard to finance, operate, and make money with. It's a brutal business, and we're a small player, and you really get roughed up by the competition in the industry and the big players. Those those first two projects were built under, it was called the Independent Power Producers Act, I believe. So the, there was a, a fixed rate specified for that kind of development. That's what you would be paid when you developed a project. So that was used to get those projects going. Now at that time, interest rates were high. The money was all borrowed for those projects and it was borrowed at eight and three quarter percent. And you know, it, it, it's nice to have a fixed stream of revenue, but we also had a fixed stream of expenses. So. It's tough going, and the, and the new project is on the open market. There's three of them, and the latest one is on the open market. And it's, it's getting low interest rates for its loans, so those two are kind of offsetting each other. Where the profits go after that, um, they'll go to the irrigation districts if and when these loans get paid off, and, and they will, and the industry will survive and the projects will survive. So there's no no designated plan for where the money will go. Everybody's just been fighting to stay alive in that business so far. Ken Nielsen, can you uh, comment and bring us up to date on the relationships with the International Joint Commission and what's happening there? Um, when I when I left to go back. Uh, for all of you, uh, I'm not sure you're familiar with it. The St. Mary River is about 40% of the water supply for the St. Mary River Irrigation District. It rises in Montana. And there was a treaty signed in 1909 between the U.S. government and the Canadian 
government as to how that water would be apportioned between the two countries. And almost since that time, it's been under constant dispute. And it's really important for Canada and the Irrigation District to, to keep that resolved. And it, the latest round flared up about almost 10 years ago, and uh, Montana were not happy with the agreement. They were wanting to do something about it and keep the water in Montana and irrigate with it. So there's been all kinds of negotiating committees ongoing, and uh, they're still ongoing. I don't think it's been resolved yet, but I'm a little bit distant from that situation. But it's a, it's a tough situation, and the International Joint Commission that you refer to is a commission that was formed as a result of that very dispute in 1909, and it now solves cross-border issues between Canada and the United States in eastern Canada, in British Columbia, everywhere. So there's cool heads on that International Joint Commission, and they're good people, and they're responsible, and they're bright, and they're objective, and there's no politics in it on the commission. But there is politics on right now on the, on the U.S. side of the border. They're, they're wanting more of that St. Mary River flow, even though the treaty spells it out. So there's, there's committees assigned to it, and they're uh, tweaking the way the water is managed, but I really don't know where it's at other than ongoing. Yes, Albert Coy. Ron, thank you for your presentation. The topic of your presentation was uh, the future of irrigation. Will the highest bidder get the water? And you've got a big question mark behind there. And you haven't answered that. What is it, yes or no? The answer is yes. It always has and it always will. It was attached to the land in years gone by, so people bid for irrigated land and sold that back and forth. Now the farmers can sell among themselves, but only for the purpose of irrigation. There's, I, I don't believe there's, there's enough demand in southern Alberta to cause big consequences for that water supply. It's, the development just isn't here. The development is coming. We've got big industry coming in here. Look at the potato and uh, different places like that. They have big industry coming in here, and it's going to increase. Say if the population of uh, Lethbridge doubles, the domestic use, they're number one. What about these big industries? Are they numbered one, too? It depends how they get their water. If they have a license from years gone by, it has a priority based on the date that it was issue, issued. So that's how they get their water priority. Having said that, the way it's been managed in the past, when we had shortages, irrigation districts had the senior licenses. We could have kept all the water in 2001. We could have shut other irrigation districts off, and we probably could have shut some towns and villages off too. That's not a, a very bright way of doing things. So everybody shared the water, and everybody got the same amount. Now, the, any new industry that comes in, the fact is it doesn't take much water in relation to irrigation. 
irrigation is still the huge demand, the huge user. Uh, McCain's, for example, uh, they got their license or their water from, I think, the city of Lethbridge. They approached us for for water. And they they were asking, this is about 10, 15 years ago, they were asking for 1,200 acre feet. And it kind of, they just kind of disappeared after that. They found another source. So we use, on the average, an average year, we would use about 400,000 acre feet. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the industry just isn't here yet. The demand just isn't here. And I, I, your concerns are good. I think the, the places where they have given up their their river water or their irrigation water, you know, the, their ecology is going to suffer. And I think they're going to regret that in the long term. You know, subdivisions of houses and, and golf courses, it's a nice idea, but there's better uses for that water. Well, thank you. Thank you for all your questions, and thanks, Ron, for sacrificing your skiing and cycling time to come talk to us.